Hey, thanks for listening to our podcast. We have exciting news at Teams & Co. We're launching Teams Global, our online learning platform aimed at helping you develop the skills you need and also develop your teams. We've noticed through working with our clients that there's common training gaps. It happens in every organization. Teams Global is meant to be approachable content that will help you with the building blocks that you need to achieve your strategy, accelerate your growth, and empower your teams. For updates on our launch, please visit our website at teamsandco.com or follow Teams Global on social media. You can choose from LinkedIn, Facebook, or Instagram. Welcome to Building Teams with Teams & Co, where we explore how leaders can empower their teams, achieve ambitious strategies, and deliver an exceptional customer experience. Views expressed by guests are their own and may not reflect the views of Teams & Co. Hi, everybody. Welcome to this week's episode of Building Teams with Teams & Co. We are thrilled to welcome Clyde Brown as our guest today. He's the Vice President of Program Management at our triad. Welcome, Clyde. Hey, how are you doing today, Grace? Doing well. Mike and I are excited to learn more about our triad and about your apprenticeship program. So maybe you would kick us off just giving our listeners a little bit of an idea around, you know, what our triad is, what you guys do, and uh, we'll, we'll kick off that way. Okay, great. No, thank you, Tracy, again, and Mike. Our triad enterprise LLC is a commercialized private company uh, that focuses around cloud technology and consulting firms. We focus on trying to train and actually deliver programs for organizations. Uh, we like to call it, we're building a cloud army, right? Uh, and we launched what's called No One. No One is the first learning and career development community uh, mm. for cloud computing and cybersecurity. So we, we like to say it's a gated community. That's where we kind of pull individuals in. And in that community, you have a chance to uh, interact with professionals, experts, from different parts of cloud technology and cybersecurity, because that's our wheelhouse, that's where we focus. And through that, we look at learning to earn. So we, we uh, foster things, what's called gigs. So through our consulting firm, we try to line up gigs. And in that environment, we offer those gigs to those individuals. Mm. Uh, so we got learning and earning going on, and you have experts in coaching. And the experts uh, from a mentoring and coaching perspective help build that context to the early you know, we, we the millennials coming into technology, they're trying to learn. You know, we I've been in this probably 25 years. Uh, but when you think about a millennial coming straight out of college or someone trying to break into the tech field, uh, it's hard to put context to that. So that's who we are. That's what we do. Uh, and we said no one knows it all. That's the play on the name. Ah, I love it. Yeah, love it's, it. uh, it's great. And I've heard you um, and Kevin, your co-founder, speak about the, the program before. And it sounds like you were all really aiming at kind of trying to get people experience, uh, help them upskill, train and develop their skills, um, but also kind of solve a, a gap in there was a shortage of people in the cybersecurity realm. So it sounded like you were kind of trying to do both at one time, which is recruit people into a maybe a, a field that needs more great people in it while also helping new graduates build new skills. Is that an accurate, uh, accurate assessment? That, that is an accurate assessment, Tracy. When you think about uh, the tech world, and if you can just think about what just happened with COVID, right, we're having to shift our mindset to different ways of learning 
and actually different ways of obtaining skill sets. So quickly, uh, when COVID, uh, immediately companies were rushed to the cloud. So if you know anything about cloud, traditionally, we would learn, uh, you know, as, as far as Microsoft, any of the tests that you would take with Microsoft, you were mailing out a CD and installing mm. the OS or Office. So it would be a year or so before that operating system would change. Now mm. with cloud, it's changing every two weeks to a month. Uh, so how can you keep up with that pace of change? And that's why we thought it was important to build this gated community with experts uh, to be able to bring context and realization of that experience. And, and that kind of brought to life our apprentice program. Clyde, I'd love to hear more about, so as you talk about, you know, this as a gated community, can you provide a little bit more context into what, what exactly does gated community mean? And then uh, use that as sort of an intro to, to give us some insight into the apprenticeship program. I'm really excited to learn more about that. Great. Yeah. So no, the gated community, What what is the, um, I guess what we call the secret sauce inside that gated community and why is it important? Uh, when you think about, uh, just think about you and your relationship with people that you know, right? Mm -hmm. uh, how you start to develop that relationship. Uh, we're, we're, we're talking about the secret piece of success is building what we call social capital, right? Mm -hmm. That social capital is now what we're saying is a currency. And in this gated community, you start to create those relationships that will help propel you, you know, faster into scaffold your career in whatever direction that you decide to go. So we think that's what's going to help and, and, and enable our apprentice to actually quickly move into tech field and actually start to accelerate their career. So just a little bit about our apprentice program. Uh, we started our first cohort in October of 2020. Uh, so in the midst and throes of the pandemic. Uh, and what we did, we did a small experiment on, uh, we, we selected six individuals uh, from different backgrounds, three of which had IT background in cybersecurity. Others had background, whether it was a newly graduate college graduate that had no IT background. Uh, he was more into sports and things of that nature, sports medicine. And we also grabbed someone who really didn't have a college degree at all and no background in IT. Uh, what the results showed is by emerging them into our community, putting mentors and coaches around them, what we started to do through our mentoring program was actually building real life projects. I'm Agile certified project manager as well. So what I did is I put them into different roles on different projects to actually help build our community. Through that experience and daily interaction with myself, who's the director of the program, and two to three meetings a week with coaches and mentors, what we started to see was how the stuff that we were pouring in as far as information and the training aspect of self-learning, because everyone was remote. Uh, so we had a stand up daily from an agile perspective to say, what are you going to do today? And what are you going to do tomorrow? And where do you need help? What we started to see is those that had the IT background and actually had what we call the rocket fuel, they actually started to excel through the program. So that social capital and actually, you know, doing a flip classroom, I think, has been great in our success of our apprentice program. And now we're in, uh, I guess, it's May and we have two of our apprentice, one who has a job and is, is finishing the program, uh, which was a one year program uh, that would finish up in September. And then we have one of the other individuals also landed a job in the cybersecurity, both in cybersecurity. The other individual, he actually got a job in his field, so he decided not to go into cybersecurity. But three out of six at this current point 
is our success rate. And one of the six dropped out in the first 90 days just because this wasn't what he was looking for. Got it. Sounds like the program is uh, really aligned with a lot of the things that we talk about as well. I, I love the conversation around social capital. Mike and I actually just recorded a, a podcast recently about onboarding new team mm. members. And mm. that's one of the things that we talk about a lot is when you're adding somebody new to your team and to your organization, getting them to be introduced to a ton of other people, right? Even if they might not be the people they work with day to day, at least they have contacts across the company. They know who to go to if something does come up, right? So you always can't envision the full scope of a project at the beginning. So introducing people to others in your organization, getting them uh, integrated into a lot of different projects, you want to make sure they have clear goals and you're not overwhelming them, but really love the idea that you're getting folks in, involved in projects, letting them learn hands-on, but also building those those contacts that we all find so valuable in our career to just know who to go to to ask a question, right? No, no, exactly. You know, we have uh, roughly 10 principals within our triad, and they're from various backgrounds, whether it be HR, IT, data, uh, cybersecurity, uh, me, project management. They have different disciplines. But at the end of the day, over our career, we've obtained a, a social network that we still draw on today. Right. Mm -hmm. So with our apprentice, we try to actually help accelerate that by bringing mentors and coaches into this gated community that they can actually latch on to uh, right away. So one of the key things, as as soon as a apprentice actually joins the program, the first thing they've done is actually we, we match them with a mentor and they go through a goal sheet. That's that's meeting. Number mm -hmm. one is actually to look at the goal sheet, go away and build out your individual goals. We like to think of our mentor is kind of like that GPS, right? You can look in that GPS and you can go anywhere you want, right? But he's going to help you start to navigate how you start to bring your goals into reality. Uh, we also have, you know, you could have industry level coaches. The coaches, we kind of look at that as a railroad and the railroad tracks, right? You know, the apprentices, the, 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 the train and the, the tracks are the coaches. We keep you on the tracks. And you're that engine. You got to have that rocket fuel is what we like to call it to actually go. We can't make you learn it. You have to have that initiative to go. But, you know, coaches will be the railroad once you determine your path and keep you on on track. Clyde, I I love so many things about what you just said. One is I a lot of those things are just so aligned with things that we talk about all the time with with clients and for listeners of the podcast, you know, the, the podcast, but things like goal setting and setting setting a direction for your career and building up a support base of mentors and coaches um, around you. Two is uh, those metaphors are on point and I love them. That's awesome. I want to go back to sort of a sourcing question. So where are you finding these people to join the program? And because it seems to me <clears throat> a huge part of their success, right, is where their vision for their role is aligned with the things that you guys are experts in doing. So where do you find these people that that have an interest in being developed and mentored and coached along the same sort of, you know, track that, that you'll be coaching them along? Yeah. Uh, great, great question. Uh, Mike. I don't want to use labels or names or what have you, but I think it is important in the context of what we're talking about. One of my partners, you, you mentioned earlier, Tracy, Kevin, uh, Kevin Robertson, uh, he's, he's a former Microsoft at IBM. And he has a plethora of network of resources over the years that he's actually leaned on. 
Myself, I've worked in global companies. Uh, I've been a consultant for a number of banks up and down the East Coast. And just think about, you know, we have eight other principals in their own right. They have 20, 30, 40 plus years in the IT field or HR. So with that, and actually higher ed, we have several principals that are in higher ed, you know, working with universities like North Carolina State and so on and so forth. Uh, you know, we, we tap into our, our, our social network, right? Mm-hmm. You know, why not use what we're saying as our secret sauce that we've been doing for years and building into our community? So our social network is the DNA that we pull into no one and actually help to foster uh, young apprentices as they start to start out on their career. So we start to build that and we're building a whole pipeline around the experts, right? Because Ultimately, our environment is going to thrive off of what experts we have in the community. Uh, and, 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 you know, we, we had went to uh, I went to a number of Microsoft conferences. Right. And if you think about a conference, when I used to work for, uh, you know, in the public sector or, or the private sector, you know, you got one training a year. Right. And you spent probably about three or four thousand dollars for a week, uh, you know, hotels, the whole nine. And your big reason to go to that conference was to get up and close and personal with that expert from Microsoft or Cisco or whoever to talk with them one-on-one in a, either a, a meeting or whatever the case may be, or if you, you were fortunate to just get a one-on-one handshake and talk with them, that was the highlight of your week. Well, in no one, you get that all day, every day in this gated community. That's awesome. And I, I think like one of the things that I'm, I'm hearing you sort of speak about in terms of developing the apprentices and kind of giving them experience, giving them kind of that social capital I would also imagine, and and something we speak about with, you know, when you're hiring a new employee, no matter what level they're at in the organization, their kind of innovative thinking and their new perspective also helps deliver better solutions for our customers, right? So maybe you could talk a little bit about how, you know, having this apprenticeship program has not only helped the apprentices develop, but I imagine also having those new fresh perspectives have, have helped you and the team at our triad come up with some pretty cool solutions that maybe maybe wouldn't have been on the table without having these uh, new perspectives and new folks adding their thoughts. No, Tracy, I, I think that's a great point because if you know, uh, I mean, I don't consider myself old, but I've been doing this for 25 plus years, right? So you, you do the math. I started at 10 years old. I'm still a young guy, right? <laughs> anyway. we, all, we all are. Don't worry about it. <laughs> right. uh, but I'm one of the younger principals. So uh, to that point, yeah, having a fresh new eyes on things, but also one of the things that we talk about and that we try to interwove into the DNA is what we call the growth mindset, right? And not familiar, know if you're familiar with Carol Dweck, uh, but she talks about growth mindset. And, you know, I think about my son now, he's 20, but, you know, I'm just thinking of when he was two, three, four years old and it was always, dad, why? Why this, dad? Why that? And, you know, and just that inquisitive mind uh, to dream the, the the ideal dream, right? And, and then nothing was impossible. Sometimes us old guys think, well, this is the way we've been doing it, and this is the way we're going to do it. Uh, but you know, having that growth mindset, what we what we one of the things that's very important for our apprentice is failure is success, but not just failure. We teach them how to quickly recover. So as you work on your recovery effort you start to perfect your craft, right? So we, we foster failure is okay. We just want to help you and show you how to recover quickly. And that's what your mentoring coaches start to help you do 
on tactics on how to recover from that failure and actually minimize the impact. So not just we don't want a catastrophic failure. Right. But being able to manage that failure, uh, doing, you know, risk matrix and things of that nature and being able to recover. Yeah, and I think that helps, uh, you know, organizations build resiliency. That's where agility comes from, right? Well, we talk about that often with our clients, which is, you know, how you react to failure actually shows your team how willing you are to have that feedback, you know, try new things, right? If the first time you try something new and everybody, you know, it fails or it goes not the way you expected and you shut everything down and you just go back to the way you were doing it, you know, unfortunately that sends a signal like, hey, new ideas are not welcome here, right? So I, I love that what you're saying because it kind of reinforces your your tact of, hey, you know what? We're going to try some new stuff. We're not going to get yeah. it all right. That's okay. Uh, but we'll learn from it and, and we'll get the next thing, you know, the next thing will be even better. So I, I love that approach with the apprentices. Yeah, we think that's important uh, because I think, you know, so many times I know in my career, failure was looked at as bad, right? But when you start to think about that growth mindset, all right, you know, that's where you start to improve and get better. Uh, yeah. So we think your growth comes through uh, your failure and experiences, but minimizing impact as well. Right. We don't always want to have those catastrophic failures. They happen, but we want to minimize that uh, at the end of the day. Yeah, definitely. So it sounds like you're deploying these apprentices in places where they can fail in, you know, non high, you know, not the highest impact places and then surrounding them with with coaches and mentors to help them learn learn from that. Do you have an, an example that you can share uh, to sort of bring this concept home? Because I think this is something that we all aspire to. We all aspire to say failure is okay, fail for, forward, learn from the things that you fail. But a lot of the organizations that we work with, you know, continue to have this, you know, they aspire to that, but they struggle to find low impact situations to deploy people on where fa failure really is okay. So I, I'd love, you know, any advice you have for our listeners or, or maybe an example of how you guys manage that to create those those safe spaces for people to innovate and bring new ideas that might take a couple iterations before they finally work. Yeah, no, uh, uh, I, I guess the, the best example uh, I can use, I have two examples that I'll use and I'll kind of speak to them in their, their different contexts and how we think it helps our apprentice. Uh, one is, uh, you know, when, when we came upon the idea of no one creating no one, this gated community, uh, the first thing we said is we got to build this environment, right? So as we kicked off in looking at building that environment, we started to create spaces for our apprentice to actually ideate, right? And, and actually start to help us bring our, you know, our vision to life, right? So we would have sessions and we would build teams uh, with our apprentice and they took on different roles. And that's where we help, you know, not only teaching them cybersecurity or cloud technology, what we think is important is those soft skills. And, and, mm -hmm. and maybe to, to, to dig a little deeper is those critical thinking abilities, developing that, right? Putting them in different roles to understand what does it mean to be a business analyst? What does it mean to be the project manager? What does it mean to be the QA person? And what do you got to do in those different roles? And how do you become a team? We thought that was important. So to answer your question, Tracy, the first example is we allowed them to start to build in our environment in a safe space that, you know, it was ours, right? So if we failed, we would just do it over, right? Sure. Another place that we that we've done is we've been partnering in our community here with nonprofits, right? Mm. So allowing them to, to do low-end type work where they could actually start to build that relationship 
uh, with business users is key, uh, that interpersonal skills and, and communication, uh, but also doing small projects, whether it be uh, some type of data analytics or what have you with spreadsheets or so on and so forth. Now, that's not high critical, but at the end of the day, it still teaches them how to actually interact with our clients and how to get that experience on small projects that they may have, whether it be building a presentation or, or anything of that sort. That's awesome. And the, the thing I hear you saying loud and clear is, you know, you all have a recognition that there's no way somebody's just going to know this, right? And I think that's sometimes what we talk to leaders about too, which is, you know, there there's this misperception out there of, you know, everybody's going to know exactly what to do on day one, right? And especially if you're talking about a new college grad or somebody who's yet to be part of a team or, or even somebody who's yet to be part of a team at your organization, right? There's a certain amount of those things we all just have to learn. And it's not that we can't learn them. It's just a lot of times organizations don't take the time to invest in those those actions, right? And invest in that training and just say, hey, here's how we do things here, right? There's lots of ways we could communicate with a client. Here's how we communicate with our clients. And just those little kind of steps along the way are, are so impactful for people, especially if you're just getting started in your career, right? Because that's the time that you're kind of trying to soak up as much as you can and and learn as much as you can. And and these kind of uh, steps will help them be successful, you know, hopefully at our triad, but, you know, ultimately throughout their career as they're as they're building their. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, a real world example, Tracy, I'll just kind of reflect back on my career. I was a, um, a manager over a development team. Roughly, I had eight, eight, nine individuals on my team. And they, they built applications that the organization utilized and actually public facing applications as well. Well, one of the challenges when I came in and I took ownership of that team was, I'm not for sure your technical background, but when, when I was younger in my career, we always had what was called a primary and secondary support person for different, different applications. Mm -hmm. yeah. And, you know, nine times out of 10, when that application went down and you had a problem, the secondary person was on call. Hmm. That was the only time that person had an experience with that application. So they would be fumbling and nine times out of 10, they would have to call me anyway. Right. Yeah. Well, when I took over this team, I actually took a different concept because uh, we had applications and there was a maturity level that the applications hadn't reached as well meaning more forward thinking, proactive, uh, spending time with customers on the value add, as opposed to every time I talk to a customer, it was a break fix scenario. Hmm. Uh, so what I did is I just changed the support model. And instead of, you know, this primary secondary, you know, meaning, you know, the only time the secondary person touched the application is when it broke and they were trying to fumble through fixing it. I actually moved the secondary person into the operational space and move the primary person into the architecture development, forward thinking, value add to the customer training scenario. And you will be amazed at how, you know, one, it, it, it provided opportunities for the junior person to grow, but it also afforded opportunities for the senior person to develop those new architect skills and training and development and documentation. So we're also going to, you know, do some of that with our apprentice and we've been trying to do that as well. So, yeah, I, I think that that sort of role alignment is is such a uh, such an important concept. And I think your your recognition of, hey, can we get can we get innovative even in in how we deploy our different people? 
to learn different skill sets is so important. And to your point earlier, Clyde, so often we get sort of into the rhythm of, well, this is just how we do things. And it can become difficult to identify and spot those opportunities. I'd love to hear sort of from that example, how, how you like worked through your organization to affect that change within your organization. Like were there conversations with your leadership team on, Hey, I spotted this opportunity. We're going to try something that's different. And how did that go? And then, you know, is that something it sounds like that you've been able to infuse into our triad? And how are you guys sort of constantly looking for new opportunities to make those sort of organizational changes to to constantly be getting better? Yeah, no, it's funny. <laughs> funny you bring that up. And, 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 and it's just I'll talk about the conception of our triad and we failed. Right. So at the conception of our triad, you know, we came out with no one. Oh, it's this new, you know, learning and career development community. Right. And we went out talking to people like that and people like, what? What is that? What do you mean? We're looking for training. We're looking for training. Career development? What? What does that mean? Right. So what we saw quickly is no one could, you know, conceptualize what we were talking about. But what we did real quickly after, you know, beating our head for a while and going in rooms with uh, leadership at the C-level, you know, talking to the state and so on and so forth, it was like, wow. You know, fractional CISO? What, what is that? You know, what, what, what are you saying, right? So what we decided is, why don't we give them what they want, right? We're just training. And then we start to introduce them to what career development really is and how valuable it is to organization. Because Tracy and, and Mike, if you think about it, when you think about learning and education, education is, is comprised of probably three things, right? Knowledge. Right. Is, is one. Right. You know, pulling information. So we get that from the Internet now. So at any given point on your smartphone, you can say, oh, I want to know, you know, um, how the atom, atom bomb was created. Right. I can pull it from the Internet real quickly. Get that information. Right. But then there's skills. Right. So that's the mentoring and coaching, the hands on, the doing type stuff. Right. Uh, and then we, we, we think the other piece of it is disposition. Hmm. So when you think about the disposition component, uh, right, and, 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 and uh, you know, um, there, there's a YouTube, uh, there's a guy, John, uh, I think his name is John Seeley Brown or what have you. He talks about this. And one of the things that he's talking about is from a disposition perspective, learning, you know, different ways, being immersed into something different, a whole different culture or adventure, right, and feeling comfortable in that. Until you can feel comfortable in that new way of doing things, you're probably not going to do it. So in short, that's kind of how we at our triad had to eat our own dog food and pivot. So through that process of talking about learning, career and development, everybody's like, no, I won't train. I won't train. I won't training. <laughs> you, you know, you think about it, you, you get training. You still don't know how to do it. Right. You just you just learn some language, so to speak. Right. There, there's an instinct that you develop when you actually do. And you yeah. instinctively know what the next step is. So uh, we had to pivot. We had to go. We actually now we're a CompTIA certified trainer. So we brought on some trainers, and and now we're we're you know we're talking training. Everybody's like, oh hey, let's let's talk. Let's it's the context, and we had to reposition ourselves. So. Well, it's great that you were open to that, right? I mean, a lot of organizations don't know their customers that well, and the great thing about what I'm hearing in your story is our triad 
you know, you guys went out, you talked about what you thought you wanted to talk about, and then you heard from other people like, no, that's, that's not really what we want. We want this other thing. Yeah. And so you, just, you shifted tact, right? And that's, and that's how you're successful. That's how organizations, and I think it's a, a great lesson for all of our listeners around the way to be successful is to give your customers the thing they find valuable and then give them something more they didn't know was valuable, right? And so that's where your kind of career development comes in where you're saying, hey, we know you find training valuable, so we're going to give you training, but we're also going to show you why career development is important. And then they're like, oh, yeah, we should, we should stick with our triad. We're getting, we're getting more than we ever bargained for. This is great. <laughs> I mean, if you look now, Tracy, uh, I'm sure you're starting to see it more. The assets are the employees, right? So you're yeah. starting to see the Googles, the Microsofts, the Cisco, the big players talking about training, but also development of the employee. So we were touting this, you know, year, two years ago. And, and it was like, now that you're hearing the big boys talk about it, organizations are looking at, yeah, my assets are important. How do I actually start to, you know, retain my employees? How do I get yeah. value out of, you know, their career development? So no, it's great. We, um, we actually have Team Global that we're launching, which is our kind of learning and development platform for folks. And and one of the things we talk about often with our clients with the IDP is something that you talk about, right? So a lot of times people will have these individual development plans for their team members, right? So they'll say, hey, you know, Tracy or Mike, here's your IDP. How do you want to develop? And most people just kind of think like, okay, well, what's my boss's role? Like, what do they do? And if, you know, that's like the director of marketing or the vice president of sales, like we all think of our career development all too often kind of in this linear ladder Without yeah, kind of yeah. horizontal jumps, right? And and I can say in my career, the times I've learned the most is when a manager or a leader said, totally get that your eventual plan might be, you know, the director of marketing. But in the meantime, we think there's this really cool role that you could be successful in that will introduce you to this whole other part of the business. And there's been times in my career that I've taken on, you know, product development or operations and, and things I never imagined I'd be a part of, but gave me an entirely different perspective of the organization and now allow me to help a lot of different teams, right? Because we have that experience to say, oh, yeah, I've worked in that part of the business. I know how that works. And I also find it helps people when they're then, if they're in marketing and they've worked in sales, they know like what's on the other side of the coin, right? Like I can help sales mm. better if I've been in mm. sales because I kind of, I've walked a mile in their shoes, so to speak, right? So I like the idea of development doesn't have to be this linear pathway, but it could be these new innovative ways that, you know, people take on a, a role they weren't even expecting to take on. <laughs> right. right. Uh, you, you know, you know, speaking to that, uh, to your point is linear. What if managers and, uh, you know, leaders of companies actually focused on individuals building their own development dashboard? Right? What does that look like? Right. And what would the impact be on organizations, right? How would it help organizations shift? How would it help them get to the market quicker, mm -hmm. right? But, but, but now take that data and start to curate it and be able to synthesize it and actually pull out information across an organization on how you can actually start to help other departments because of what someone knows or their inspirations of where they want to be. Yeah. That's the idea. What's so cool to me about that, Clyde, is um, 
Well, several things, but one, it, it sort of reminds me of like, there's this tension, I think, between listening to your customers and delivering on, on what your customers need. But then also, if you have an innovative idea, that's something that customers, you know, might not even recognize that they, that they need yet. And pushing that forward, it, it sort of reminds me, you know, Henry Ford said, well, if we had asked our customers what they wanted, they would have said a, a faster horse and buggy. So in your case, you're sort of bridging from just training horse and buggy into this whole new, you know, much better um, system that's a more holistic career management, career development, um, sort of like the, the automobile. Right, right. So it sounds to me like you've done a great job navigating the tension between listening to your customers, delivering what what they need, but then also having confidence in the concept and, and the innovation that you're bringing to the market and seeing success success in that. Right. No, you know, again, I'm a scrum master. So if you think about that agile approach, right, you know, is taking a little bit of work and actually going to the market with it, getting that instant feedback and, and starting to iterate that over and over and get better at it. Uh, that's that's what I think is success. Uh, you know, traditionally, my background is waterfall. And if you know how that works, yeah. uh, I had a number of projects you get at the end. And that's, that's not what I want. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I, I jotted everything down. You said, why is this not what you wanted? <laughs> sure. I think especially now that we're changing so quickly um, and all of the environments that we're in are changing so quickly, waterfall is a, is a challenging approach, right? Because especially if it takes you time to deliver it, you know, two or three things could have changed in the meantime. And uh, it's a, it's harder to get to that end customer experience. So, but right. Clyde, I think one of the things I want to make sure we do uh, is if folks are interested in the apprenticeship program or they're interested in our triad, how would they find how would they find you? Well, real, real easily, uh, you could actually uh, email us apprentice at rtriad.com, your resume. Uh, from that point, that kind of starts our workflow off. Uh, that gives us an opportunity to look at who you are, get a little bit about your background and make sure the right person reaches out to you. You know, I think that that's going to be your best way. Or you could go to no one. That's K-N-O-W-W-O-N dot com. And you can reach us there as well. And, and, you know, again, Tracy, I can't help but give the plug again. No one knows it all. Right. So that community, that gated community and, and roughly you can become a part of that community at, at a small entry fee of ninety nine bucks a month. Uh, that gets you all the Microsoft Office 365 tools. Uh, you get in that environment, mentors and coaches. We have labs. Uh, we have a plethora of trainers uh, and, you know, the whole gig library. Uh, so, uh, you know, think about that. If you look at that, that's about, you know, under 1500 bucks a year. Uh, and if you go to one conference, uh, you know, you're spending at a minimum 2500 $2, bucks for one week session. This is a whole year uh, session where you get to interact with experts and professionals and leverage the tools and, and, and all the training, all the training that you can eat. Right. So all you can eat training in that environment. That's awesome. No, and we will um, put those in our show notes as well. So if folks are, are looking for those uh, email addresses or, or URLs, we'll make sure those are in the show notes. So just uh, click in there and then that way it's a, uh, it's easy, especially since we know people are listening on the go. We don't, uh, yep. we don't mind uh, making sure that that's accessible. So. Uh, Clyde, are there any final things that you want to make sure that you're sharing with our audience? Uh, any other tips that you have as they're thinking about, you know, we're all navigating a lot of changing circumstances, but as leaders are leading their team through change, are there any kind of thoughts and, and final uh, words that you would uh, you would share with them? 
I guess, Tracy, uh, maybe the one thing I would I would leave everyone with is, you know, I think through my career and part of no one now being able to embrace change. I think the other piece of that is we're never going back to the old way that we operated. If you embrace that and start to look at the opportunities that are going to be afforded, if you think about, you know, uh, with, our, with our new administration in the White House, you know, you, you go look at other countries. Our infrastructure is probably dated to the industrial age, right? Mm-hmm. President Biden is putting a major investment into our infrastructure and also into high-speed Internet. Uh, you know, we had a third of the population that didn't have access to, to Internet, right? Mm-hmm. That impacts education. That impacts working ability. So if they wanted to get into these higher paid wages, jobs or what have you, they couldn't because they didn't have Internet access. And that also um, uh, impacts telehealth. So them being healthy and being able to see a doctor remotely, that impacts that. So I, I think our administration is going in the right direction. But also, I think there's opportunity that's being created. If you look at what's happening right now with the pipelines and the gas, right, you know, cybersecurity. There's zero unemployment in cybersecurity, hmm. meaning it's wide open, right? So we think with no one, us having the ability to help you accelerate, scaffold your career uh, and get into some of these careers, those are seventy, eighty thousand dollars jobs as opposed to, you know, twenty, thirty thousand. I'm not knocking those, but and a focus for our triad is in minorities and women. Uh, there was something on NPR that highlighted the millennials versus uh, so so take white millennials versus uh, African American millennials. Uh, the difference in their wealth is eighty eight thousand to five thousand. Wow! So the generational wealth gap. Now there's a problem for millennials as a whole, but the gap between whites and blacks is just astronomical. And, and also, I, I guess the other piece of that is. Even if, you know, a millennial was raised in a middle to upper class uh, African-American family, uh, they're still less likely to stay in that upper class due to the challenges that they face with college costs, lack of access to resources or going back to the social capital. So, Tracy, I'll leave that with you. And that's one of our goals here at No One is to close that gap uh, and continue networking with people like you. Awesome. No, we um, will encourage all of our listeners to reach out to, you know, learn more about our triad and, and no one. So again, that's uh, K-N-O-W-W-O-N, right? Yes. So, no one knows it all. <laughs> <laughs> no one knows it all. So we will, um, we'll put all that in our links. And if you have questions and you want to follow up with Clyde, obviously we'll put that contact information in the show notes, but you can also, as always, uh, reach out to us on social media, uh, Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter. You can use the hashtag AskTeams. Um, and then we will get back to you. And if that means connecting you to our triad, we're happy to do that. So feel free to reach out to us. Um, we look forward to, uh, you know, next week's episode. But Clyde, we really can't thank you enough for joining us today and sharing more about our triad and the apprenticeship program. So exciting. And, and uh, I know I speak for Mike as well. We, we look forward to many more conversations in the future. No, Tracy, Mike, thank you guys. It's been excellent. And I am definitely looking for uh, the future partnership with you guys. That sounds great, Clyde. It's great to meet you. Thanks, everybody. You've been listening to Building Teams with Teams & Co. 
To learn more about the latest thinking on how to empower your team to deliver exceptional results or to book a consultation, please visit us at teamsandco.com or follow us at LinkedIn, Twitter, and Facebook. Mention of particular products or services and participation of a guest does not imply an endorsement by Teams & Co. The information provided is for educational and entertainment purposes and should not be taken as professional advice.